We're going through the book of Joshua in this series called To Set Foot on the Road Never Traveled. There are valuable lessons to be learned from the book of Joshua because as we've seen, Israel's story is not so different from our own. This new generation of Israel under Joshua's leadership had spent their whole lives out in the wilderness. So you can imagine as they entered the land of Canaan, there must have been a lot of apprehension and uncertainty. After all, they had spent their whole lives as a group of nomad tribes who had never really done any real warfare. But now they were to conquer and become a nation. God was leading them to a path that they had never traveled to before, a path unfamiliar and dangerous and challenging. But the promise was at the end of that path is glory, blessing, and victory. They, their story is not so different from ours. And so we looked at chapter 6, how Israel won over Jericho. That was their first battle and their first victory. It was a lesson to the path of victory. But in the same way, chapter 7 was the battle of Ai, and it was their first defeat, a lesson to the path of humiliation and defeat. But when the bitter lesson there is learned, the lessons of chapter 8 now begin to open up to us. And that is, even in defeat and sin, when we return to God, there is hope for making a comeback. There's always, always hope that our defeat can be turned into victory. So let's take a look at some parts of chapter 8 and let's see for ourselves how that happens. And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city and his land, and you shall do to Ai and its king as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Lay an ambush against the city behind it. So Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai, and he commanded them, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you remain ready. And as soon as you have taken the city, you shall set the city on fire. You shall do according to the word of the Lord. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Stretch out the javelin that is in your hand toward Ai, for I will give it into your hand. And Joshua stretched out the javelin that was in his hand toward the city. But Joshua did not draw back his hand, with which he stretched out the javelin, until he had devoted all the inhabitants of Ai to destruction. At that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord, the God of Israel, on Mount Ebal, just as Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded the people of Israel, as it is written in the book of the Law of Moses. And they offered on it burnt offerings to the Lord and sacrificed peace offerings. And there, in the presence of the people of Israel, he wrote on the stones a copy of the law of Moses, which he had written. And afterward, he read all the words of the law, the blessing and the curse. 
according to all that is written in the book of the law. There is not a word of all that Moses commanded that Joshua did not read before all the assembly of Israel, and the women and the little ones, and the sojourners who lived among them. It's an amazing story of a comeback. After such a humiliating defeat, God said to them, Arise, to Ai again we go. How can we make such comeback after defeat? How can our defeat be turned into victory? Well, there's three things, three things that we ought to do right after our defeat. Let's look at the first thing to do and the first word to hear, and lastly, the first priority to restore after defeat. Now, the first thing to do, we've already seen in chapter 7. Brother Isaac last week has unpacked chapter 7 for us, but let me just go back a bit because this is crucial in turning our defeat into victory. Remember, at that time, Israel was defeated by this smaller city of Ai. And God said, the reason you were defeated was because there is a grave sin hiding in you. Achan took some of the things that God commanded to destroy. It was plain and direct disobedience against God. Now, it's hard to miss the lesson of their defeat here. God had shown Israel that with his blessing, even against the mighty Jericho, there's no such thing as an impossible victory. But if they go against God, even if Israel goes against the weaker AI, victory becomes impossible. See, you shall never recover from defeat or be in any better position unless you turn back to God. And so God says the first thing to do after your defeat in sin is to deal with that sin. Repent thoroughly. Remove it from your life, from your presence. Be swift and ruthless with sin in your life. And you rip it out, roots and all. Well, now, what are the roots of sin? What would make Achan or any of us, for that matter, disobey God's word. Well, the reason is, we take God's word lightly. Achan disregarded God's word, even though he knew it, and he took it anyway. This is always the beginning of sin. It's the sin of Eden. Remember, the serpent said, did God really say? Did God really mean it? Do you need to take the word of God so seriously? And Achan took God's word lightly, and he disobeyed. And we never do that without consequences. Never, never, never. For God meant every syllable of every word that he said, and he still does. What, what would make us take the word of God so lightly anyway? The reason is, it is when our confidence in ourselves 
replaces our confidence in God. We take lightly God's word because we give more attention to ourselves. We give more weight to our own words. Achan disobeyed God because he chose to obey his own self. And the dangerous thing here is, this is often subtle and hidden. Now, Achan's sin is obvious because it has borne the fruit of disobedience. But you can see, there is already, already a larger shift happening in Israel. It was already happening in them. Remember, when they were at the Jordan, God cleaved the path through the waters and a monument was established never to forget that it was God. And with this confidence in God, Israel marched forward to Jericho and they won. But the victory got to their heads. And their self-confidence started to replace their confidence in God. And so they looked at AI and they said, Ah, two or three thousand of us will do. This will be small stuff for us, the victors of Jericho said. But they were dead wrong. What was certainly true is that the center of gravity had shifted from God to man. Their confidence was placed in the world of human wisdom and human planning and human efforts instead of the world of divine wisdom and divine power and divine purpose. As one pastor said, Ultimately, that is the ultimate blasphemy because it is to seek to dethrone God. And it is the ultimate folly because it is to put your trust in the arm of the flesh, which has universally without fail failed us. And see, this, when our self-confidence begins to overtake our confidence in God, that is what led to Achan's disobedience and to Israel's defeat, and it will do the same to you. So my friends, if I do nothing else in this message, I would ask you to ask God today to pierce into your own hearts and ask you, where is the center of gravity? God or man? Are we becoming more God-centered or man-centered? From, from spiritual thinking to fleshly thinking. Do we give more weight to God's word or man's words? If I do nothing else today, I would plead with you, this is the first thing to do. Deal with those roots of sin. Push yourself away from the center and bring back God where He belongs. For without that, we will never, never leave the path of defeat. Only when we have repented from those roots, then we are ready to hear the first 
word. Now that closes the end of chapter 7. Judgment fell on Achan. Israel suffers a humiliating defeat, but they respond in repentance. Now imagine the horror of Israel at this time, of seeing Achan's sin and its results and its judgment. Imagine the horror of seeing that, knowing that they were not so different from this guy, from their neighbor. They were just inches away from becoming like Achan. What now? Is this it? Is this the end of their story? Well, thank God that's not the end of their story because God comes and says, do not fear and do not be dismayed. Now, God often says this to his people. Sometimes he says, do not be afraid when they are in the midst of a terrifying situation. Sometimes God says, do not be afraid when they have to accomplish a great task. But in this instance, God says, do not be afraid to reassure them of his forgiveness and grace. He is saying, do not fear that I would leave you now. I will not. Judgment is not the last chapter of your story. Defeat is not the end for you. Instead, God says, arise, go up to A.I., Come back with me and see what my mighty hand will do for you. And I will turn your defeat into victory. And the spoils of that victory, you keep that too. What a God of grace. What a God of grace. Because if he were like us, you know what we'd have, we would have done? We would have cut them off. We would have said, whatever, I will have no more to do with you. But God comes back and says, Arise. Arise from your defeat and come back with me. And I will turn your defeat into a place of victory. See, I don't know what first comes to your mind when you imagine God speaking to you when you fall down in defeat and sin, what does God say to you in your imagination? Is it words of anger, vengefulness, condemnation? I don't know. A lot of our ideas are formed by the world around us. But never mind the world. Here's what the Word of God says. The first word God speaks to people who come back to Him is grace, grace, grace to you. He speaks forgiveness. He speaks peace. He speaks blessing. It doesn't matter how low you have sunk in life. It doesn't matter how shameful or dirty your hands have become. It doesn't matter if you do, in fact, deserve utter condemnation. God says grace and peace be with you. Arise, come back with me, and I will turn your defeat into victory for you. Are you listening? Do you hear his words, and do you believe? Take him at his word, and believe it deeply, for it is life to our dead souls.
See, Joshua and the people of Israel, down in defeat, down in repentance, when they hear the word of grace, it was a lightning struck them and energized their whole beings to go back up and move forward onto the path of victory. It says right after that, Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai. And see, what that does is it energizes them to, to, to focus on obeying God to the very last word. Joshua and all the Israel did everything according to the word of the Lord that God commanded. They were energized to obey every word of God, was heeded and honored. Because when the center of gravity is restored back to God, then God's people start to walk back again along the path of victory. And it all begins by hearing and believing the word of grace for you. Perhaps the inhabitants of Ai were starting to think, ah, maybe we can defeat this Israel and their God, when suddenly they found that the covenant God of Israel would not abandon his people. He is faithful and true, gracious and merciful, abounding in blessing, and he will lead his people to victory. And so for those of you who have suffered defeat, or for those of you who are just about to suffer defeat, I can offer you no other hope today. There are lots of books, a lot of techniques, a lot of tips, a lot of perspectives out there about defeat, but there is nothing that I would stake my own soul on but this, this good word of God, this good news, this gospel of grace that God gives to us. This gospel that was ultimately secured by Jesus Christ our Lord. And so for the Christian, no defeat is ever final. It's never ultimate. God says to you, arise, do not fear, do not be dismayed. Come back with me to the places of your defeat and I will transform it into places of victory for you. See, in this life, we will face countless battles with the world, the flesh, and the devil. Some days, by God's grace, we win. Some days, by sin, we fail. But just as victory can turn into defeat, so can defeat be turned into victory. There's always hope for making a comeback because there is always grace in Jesus Christ our Lord. There is grace, God's word for you is grace, that is His first word for you. So when we fall down to the ground, defeated, in sin, take a moment to spend that time down on your knees to pray in repentance, shifting the center back to God. And as you do so, listen. Listen and believe the word of grace that God speaks to you there. 
so that you can find the energy soaring inside you to lift you back up and walk once more onto the path of victory. That is the first thing to do and the first word to hear. And that is precisely why this is also the first priority to restore. Now here's why we always look at Joshua and say he is a great model to follow. Because Israel has just gone through a roller coaster, victory and defeat and victory once more. But Joshua is not confused by all that. He's not distracted by all that. He understands that the first priority to restore after all that is their covenant relationship with God. It says, at that time, Joshua built an altar to the Lord. He focused on God once more. See, here's what we can learn. Here's a valuable lesson from Israel's journey. That beyond all the happenings in their journey, the victory, the loss, the journey, beneath all that, the key to success was a strong spiritual center with God. With it, they can win Jericho by faith. Without it, they will lose AI and fail. And you can see, you can see how this plays out. Remember, Joshua is a military man. He was a general, and his mind was always on the next battlefield. So it seems pretty understandable that in chapter 7, when they lose to Ai, he cries out to God and he mourns about their defeat. But God says, why are you mourning the defeat? Get up, I am mourning for your sin. Because the central reality, the first priority is always, always God. It is our relationship to God. The main difference between victory and defeat is not the walls of Jericho or the size of AI. It is not the external things that has to do with man. It's the internal things that has to do with God. That is the main difference. And that is the first priority. See, we often lose sight of this. It's easy to lose sight of this because... There's always so many things to do. We want to do more things, do things better, do greater things. Because there are always battles to be fought, projects to be finished, and exams to be studied, sales to be closed, and business deals to be done. See, all these external things that have to do with man, it's loud. It demands our attention, and so we get caught up with it. But the internal things that have to do with God it is quiet. It's hidden. Nobody really knows if you're praying to God. Even if you're reading the Bible and you're, and you're listening to messages and you're going to church, nobody really knows beneath all that if you're really attending to God Himself. And so the internal reality is often forgotten, neglected. We lose sight of it. But defeat, ah, defeat, 
defeat has a cleansing effect on our souls. It, it, it forces us to refocus on what is most important. And it brings us back to God. See, if victory, like Jericho, can often blind us and lead us away from God to defeat, in the same way, defeat can often awaken us and bring us back to God and into victory. And so, yes, it's natural for us to you know, mourn defeat like Joshua does. It's absolutely natural. But don't stop there. Don't end your story there. Don't indulge in self-pity and bitterness and stop there. That's not the purpose of defeat. It is to bring you back to the first priority, to the central reality of your life, to bring you back to God. And you refocus your life in Him. See, Joshua and the people of Israel, they learned this the hard way through defeat, and we can learn that as well in our own. And so after they won AI, Joshua's first priority was not to recalibrate military strategy, but to reaffirm their spiritual allegiance. They built an altar. And by the way, it's very instructive for us to observe how they did that, how they recommitted back to God. It's instead of us being dragged away by our own busy lifestyles, notice what did they do? They stopped. They put all the external events to a halt and they spent a huge amount of time dealing exclusively with the internal reality with God. It, is, it, it seems necessary, absolutely necessary for us to put a pause on all external things with man so that we can attend exclusively to God. And by the way, what did they do? Well, they offered burnt and fellowship offerings. These were offerings that sought to restore their fellowship and relationship with God. And then they paused and then they wrote and they read and they listened to every word of God from top to bottom. No syllable was missing. They stood and listened attentively. And they gave it the weight that it deserved in their life. They paused and they prayed. They talked with each other about God. They, and more importantly, they talked to God Himself. You see, what they were doing is they were taking everything about themselves, their journey and their battles, their family and their futures, their hopes and their dreams. They took all those pieces and they were reorienting them around God as the center once more. And that, by the way, will take a lot of time and energy away from you doing the external things. But it's important because once the center is restored, that is when you can get back up and move forward to the next battle, to a path of victory. See, I don't know 
what would have happened if Israel had not done this. But they, have, they, were, they were able to do this, and that is what prepared them for their greatest challenge yet that they were about to face in chapter 10, where they would face a coalition of five armies. But since they were able to prioritize God first and restore that strong spiritual center today, then they are able to face the battle tomorrow and win. So yes, defeat, defeat will hurt, defeat will wreck you apart. But defeat also means it's an opportunity to rearrange the interior parts of, our, of your life so that the center is restored back to God. So you take your defeat and you use it. You use it to move yourself away from the center and welcome back God in. You take your defeat and you use it to mute the noise of the world so that you can listen to the word of grace that God speaks to you. You take your defeat and you use it to bring you back to God and to attentively listen and engage Him wholeheartedly. So you take your defeat because in every defeat, there is a path back to God. And with God, hope is always present and victory is certain. And so for you today, God says, do not fear, do not be dismayed, arise. To AI again, come back with me and see what my mighty hand will do for you. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, mighty warrior, Lord of Lords, King of Kings. We are often deflated and discouraged by the defeat in our lives, by the defeat of sin. Lord, hear our prayers. We are your people coming back to you. Reveal the sin hiding among us. Help us, Lord, to pluck it out, to remove it, to repent from it, Lord. Forgive us our sins, Lord, and we are here waiting and watching and, and looking to hear the word of grace that you will speak into our hearts, affirming your love once more, assuring us of your promise fulfilled in Christ. Lord, we are here because you are our first priority. You are our central reality. You are what we want. You are what we need, Lord. So here we are. Have your way in us. Thank you, Lord. We know that there may be more defeats to come, but it will never be final in our lives because in Jesus Christ, the victory has been won. And that will be the last word in our lives. Grace, grace, grace forevermore. So we thank you, Father. We thank you, Lord of grace.
We worship you. We pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, our victory. Amen. Amen. Thank you for joining our online worship. I pray that you would worship God and come back to Him wholeheartedly today. God bless.